This is a GRDC podcast. The scientific link between soil nitrogen and soil carbon is pretty solid. The less soil carbon present, the less soil nitrogen. It's an issue that continuous croppers need to grapple with. How do they replenish the nitrogen reserves they're using year by year? And of course, that's where growing pulses in a rotation enters the equation. At a farmer meeting I was at a short while ago at Dookie, growers were remarking about an increased wheat yield following a faber bean crop. Now, soon after that meeting, I had the chance to chat with Riverine Plains soil scientist Cassandra Schaaf, and we talked about what was happening to give that response, and also this issue of subsoil nutrients. Look, I think a lot of it is around nitrogen, Chris, and we do know that the fibres can capture so much more nitrogen from the atmosphere and use rhizobium to capture that into the plant. And that actually means that we've got this really nitrogen-rich plant material that we're growing as part of the pulse crop. Even when that grain is taken off, we still know that a lot of that plant material then ends up in soil organic matter. It cycles really quickly because of its high nitrogen content and that nitrogen becomes available to the next wheat crop through the season. So I think part of the reason why we get that great growth response with the following wheat crop after pulse crop is because the nitrogen that's released from that faber bean or other pulse is actually more slowly but consistently released to that following crop through the season rather than when we apply our our urea through season with wheat it's basically a big slug every once in a while at specific growing times when the plant needs it whereas the organically derived nitrogen that comes from the pulse crops it's more of a, a trickle feeder through which is I think why we get such a nice and consistent growth response to that. The other flip with that is that because of that pulse crop having that high nitrogen content it actually serves to speed up a lot of the other nutrient cycling processes that happen through soil organic matter. Such as what? So even our phosphorus cycling, there's a lot of organic phosphorus that gets broken down and cycled. That requires specific microbes to contribute to that process. A lot of our sulfur availability also comes from microbial transformations. And even just things like our soil structure and our physical soil attributes are all improved in the presence of high levels of organic matter. So even if this is only transient, having a higher nitrogen content in the soil means that our soil organic matter is sustained a lot more efficiently. We get less loss of organic matter as carbon dioxide which is what happens with a lot of our wheat stubbles because of their high C2N ratio. And basically the whole system just works just a bit higher capacity. So I think nitrogen is certainly a really key part of that. But I think another part is just that overall, I guess, health or status of the organic matter following that faber bean crop. And the other flip with that as well is what we find is that having a faber bean following a wheat crop, for example, because of its high nitrogen content, we can actually convert a lot more of that stubble from the wheat crop into organic matter because of that high nitrogen content in the pulse crop. So we find that the pulse also acts like a bit of a clean-up job. Any stubble residues that are in the system from previous cereal crops get very nicely broken down and converted more efficiently into soil organic matter than what happens if it's just cereal on cereal all the time. Now, those farmers at this meeting that I was at the other day, they weren't really confident that that had a long-term effect. Would you agree with that? Look, at this time, we certainly don't have any information to show that there is a long-term effect. I guess the best that we can hope for is that by consistently maintaining a pulse in your rotation where it's possible, 
scattered amongst your cereals in canola. Just continues to give that whole system a bit of a, an uplift. And we know that over time through really long-term trials, that maintaining a pulse in the system does have long-term impacts for our soil carbon levels, which is awesome. It's one of the few plants we've got that really give the whole system a really good kick. Now, acidity, soil acidity is a big issue in growing pulses, particularly in this area. Some farmers just find it really tricky. It is. And we do know that not only do our pulse crops suffer with soil acidity, but the rhizobium with which we inoculate our pulse crops are even more sensitive. That is a really big limiter, and that's always going to be the weakest link as long as we're farming acid soils. But I guess the flip is, rather than saying, I can't grow a pulse on this paddock because it's too acid, is to say, well, what investment of lime do I need to raise this paddock so I can grow pulses? Because as much as we try and manage our soil types and manage our soil acidity, end of the day, any soil that's subject to acidification, which is basically any cropping soil under a high productivity system where you've got a lot of nutrient export, you've got a lot of alkali export, and you've got a lot of requirement for that alkali, which means you've become net acid, every paddock is subject to those processes. And so if we keep saying that we can't grow pulses here because it's too acid, then we continue to limit our options in our farming systems. So we actually put ourselves into quite a a box as far as our options go, as far as our management goes, and also as far as our profitability goes. So the more acid our paddocks are, the less we can actually make from those paddocks, the less profitable they are, which then comes down to the less inputs we put into them because we're not seeing that responses from that. Now, this might be the right time to talk about something we were chatting about earlier, about strategic tillage in this particular area. The no-till system and the stub retain system has served the industry fantastically over the last 15 to 20 years, particularly coming from a really high amount of tillage, conventional kind of operations. But I guess it's like anything, you can have too much of a good thing. And I think we're finding now that we're just starting to get some subtleties in the system which the no-till system just can't really address and a big part of that is subsoil acidity so stratification of ph at depth and phosphorus stratification at depth because we're getting accumulation from our plant matter on the surface and we're just not getting things moving down the profile like we should so part of this double project that the riverine plains farming systems group has completed as part of the gadc funded stubble initiative looked at the impact of a one-off strategic tillage operation on the whole system key thing here is we found that there was no yield penalty under a one-off strategic tillage. What we also found was that it was a great way to introduce just that flex into the system. So when we're thinking about strategic tillage, we're not thinking of mulberry ploughing, we're not thinking of really deep inversion or, or other mixing. We're thinking of quite a shallow operation that can knock in the stubble and just create a bit of mixing of soil layers in that top 10 centimetres. So if you're thinking of, of doing a one-pass shallow till operation ideally you look at your whole rotation you look at your paddocks and you go okay if I'm going to put one machinery pass over this paddock over the next five to seven years how do I stack that up to make it really worthwhile so then you go okay well let's put a high rate of lime out prior to this incorporation exercise let's target our moisture contents where we're getting germination of summer weeds so we can actually use it as a weed control measure Let's use it as a way of mixing up our surface phosphorus levels and getting some more balance of phosphorus through our profile in that top 10 centimetres. And let's just use this one pass to basically reset the system so that we can continue in our no-till operations for the next five to seven years. 
Is there a good time to do that or a poor time to do that? A poor time to do it would be in the middle of summer in 40 degrees because we're going to lose so much of that topsoil as dust. So ideally it's something that you'd be looking to do either immediately following harvest if we get a bit of rain so there's a bit of moisture in the system to get all that stubble tickled up, that lime mixed in and everything setting it and just breaking down slowly over summer. But in our systems where we do tend to have quite a dry summer period, we do subject that soil to a bit more erosion potential through wind. So the other way to go is actually to run it out into late February, early March. Again, preferably after some kind of rain event, but we've got to take what we can get really Mm. in that respect. So we get all that set up and then we move into our seeding operation so our soil isn't exposed for too long. But just that one operation where we get that lime mixing, get that nutrient mixing, get that stubble moving, breaking down a bit more, can just have such long-term dividends. How long-term is long-term? Oh, look, you could get a real benefit of that one pass for up to five years. And the beauty of that is if you can put a big lick of lime into the system at that point in time, that then opens up a great lot of opportunities as far as growing your pulses into that system again and maintaining your profitability of that of paddock, which means that you can continue to invest in those long-term things that you need. Farmers know nitrogen is their most expensive input if you're getting it for free through a pulse under this system that you're talking about. It just makes sense. It does, Chris. I do appreciate that agronomically pulses do have a few challenges because they are a lot different to handle as far as compared to these cereals and canola goes and I do also appreciate the market volatility for pulses is a lot higher which means things like on-farm storage and that become a lot more important as far as you're maintaining that profitability but it just seems to be the the really key crop as far as maintaining your sustainability of your continuous cropping operations. So if you can't have a pasture phase as you do if you're a mixed cropping system then just trying to get that pulse back into the system is a real long-term investment in your farm. Dr Cassandra Schaaf, Cassie is a soil scientist from the Riverine Plains.